This is Hannah. This is Rachel. And this is What I Like to Tell People. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Hannah. How was your week? It was good. Um, what the? We oh, I saw a busy week. Oh, I did, didn't I? I see. See, this is the problem with me. Hannah, I've always talked about this. I wrote down stuff last week about telling people about what I had done, but this week I didn't. But I guess I did have a busy week. I started new classes. Um, well, classes for a certificate I want to get uh, for my career. And I got to celebrate my mom on Saturday. And we got to see each other with my brother uh, without masks. So that was awesome. And we had a yummy meal. His uh, wife is Greek. And so she made us her special tzatziki uh, sauce oh. with chicken Slovakia and um, an awesome Greek salad. And it was great. It was a fun time. So how was your week? Well, I attended an improv. I don't know who it was since you didn't mention that you did it, but I. Oh my God, what about that? <laughs> I told you my memory was shot. Yeah, so I attended your improv, which hopefully uh, some of our listeners, you know, did for a good cause uh, for Special Olympics. And then I also attended Breeze yesterday, which was Monday. I attended. Breeze bar class that was also for a special cause because it was World Lupus Day. And I I don't know, I've done some other stuff this weekend, but my I don't know if people remember, but I ordered a dining room table months and months ago and I got chairs today. So now I just have to figure out what other because I only have two, which people are like, are you only gonna entertain one person? I'm like, I wanted to wait to get well, them until fine. I knew you just what me. they were like. Well, it's easier to return two chairs than like four or six if I like absolutely hated them. So I will order more. All right. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so this episode is about skin cancer awareness and it is with Dr. Shane Cook, who I graduated, which I'll, I explained that anyway, but I, um, grad I did not graduate. I went to school with him. But he is, this is, I think, a very informative uh, interview about skin cancer and dermatology and how everyone over the age of 18 should go. And I think it's just a very informative episode. So enjoy. Hello, everyone. We are here with Dr. Shane Cook. I went to high school with him, and he's also my parents' dermatologist. So I know my mom, she listens, and she will be very excited to hear from you. Welcome, Shane. Thank you so much for having me. We're excited to have you, especially so this is going to air um, during Skin Cancer Awareness Month, which is May. Right. That's an important right. month. So, yes. So do you want to kind of tell people about yourself? Sure, I, I can do that. So my name is Shane Cook, and I, I grew up in West Virginia, actually in, in Madison, West Virginia, where I currently practice. Um, I did uh, undergrad at West Virginia Wesleyan in Buchanan, and I did medical school at Marshall University. And after medical school, you we were required to do an intern year, and I did that at West Virginia University, and then completed my dermatology training in Charleston, South Carolina. I um, 
I have three dogs, a wife, and a two-year-old, and we moved back home to West Virginia. Yeah, I, I don't know how you do it. No. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know how he does it either. <laughs> yeah. So why, so I know, like, why is it important to you? Why did you become a dermatologist? That's a good question and a question I get asked a lot. Um, so my grandfather, his name was Meredith Kirk. And he was from uh, Boone County. Uh, he actually lived in Hewitt and ran a small recording studio out of Hewitt, West Virginia. And so he and his friends, they sort of took me under their wing. They taught me how to play the banjo and the guitar and how to sing a little bit, although I'm not very good, but they still taught me. So you don't want to do that right now? Uh, you don't want to need some practice, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we played in different church services and funeral services. And when I was 15, he was unfortunately diagnosed with melanoma and he subsequently passed away due to the melanoma. And so as a 15 year old losing someone that you spent lots of time with and that taught, you know, taught me how to play, that, that was a tough loss. And so skin cancer has affected me personally, especially melanoma. And that's really the re main reason why I wanted to be a dermatologist. So do you want to tell us the different types of skin cancer? Sure. Um, that's a great question and something you know relevant to Skin Cancer Awareness Month. There are really three main types of skin cancer, basal cells, skin cancer, squamous cell skin cancer, and melanoma. We'll sort of go through those types. The most common one is basal cell skin cancer. Typically starts out as an area that won't really heal up. So it's typically on the sun exposed areas, especially the nose. The most common presentation that I see is a patient will come in and say, this area won't really heal, heal up. Um, it's like an area that's bleeding. And they may have a history of being outside, working in the yard, and maybe they get hit with something. What happens is the skin overlying the skin cancer is very weak. And so that gets hit. And, and the area never really does heal up because those cells are atypical and, and are cancer. And so Really, if you have anything on your face or on, on your arms that are as growing, bleeding, or changing, you should be evaluated for basal cell skin cancer. The, the next one is squamous cell skin cancer or squamous cell carcinoma, and it is the second most common type. And it follows basal cell in the sense that it is also usually in the sun-exposed areas, uh, the face, arms, or anywhere. I mean, if you lay in a tanning bed, it could be on your back or legs or anywhere. And so these typically present as a painful, thick area or red area um, that grows. Some of them grow really fast. Some of them, they grow slow. But it's important that if you think you may have a squamous cell or a basal cell, you get evaluated by a dermatologist. Um, some of the my more frequent flyers in clinic are those who've had lots of, you know, lots of sun exposure or they've laid in a tanning bed a lot. And some of these skin cancers are formed from a precancer. And so I think it's important for our listeners to know about precancerous spots. And they're typically this white scaly area, typically on the face or arms that will almost feel like sandpaper. And so if you have any of those, you should be evaluated for them. And so those, the two most common types, basal cells and squamous cells, um, those are ones that you probably have a family member with them because they are so common. But the most important one and really what May is about is more of about melanoma. And so melanoma is the bad skin cancer. It is the one that 
if it's not caught early enough, it can spread and can result into death, unfortunately. And so when we're looking for melanomas and things of how do we, you know, how do we know we have a melanoma? There are rules we follow for if you have a brown spot on your back or on anywhere, you want to follow the A, B, C, D, E rules. And when you're looking at these, is that A is asymmetry. So if you fold it on itself, would it be, would it line up? B is border, anything with an irregular border. C is color, anything with two or more colors. D is diameter, and it's usually anything bigger than a pencil eraser. And most importantly is E is, is evolving. So anything that's changing, we need to know about. And if these are called early, they're easy to take care of. What makes them spread so fast? Yeah. That's a great question. We don't exactly know why melanoma spread faster than basal cells or squamous cells. And there's still some research going on, but yeah. that's a great question. But I no, wish thanks. I had. I know that wasn't a question on your list, but I actually was just very curious, you know, because why not? Um, but so who should get evaluated then? I think as a dermatologist, you know, some people may disagree, but everyone over 18 should get a skin exam. And then your dermatologist that you're seeing can kind of navigate you on how frequently you should be seen. Typically, if it's every year, unless you have some sort of other risk factor. So if you have 50 or more moles, if you had a history of tanning bed use or baking outside and, ba you know, baby oil or whatever was used, then you should be managed more frequently. I feel like the baby oil probably was used a lot, like in the 50s, 60s right. era, right? <laughs> exactly. I, I have lots of patients who come in and said, you know, there was no such thing as sunscreen. They laid out and some of them even use Crisco, which, you know. <laughs> which is so hard to believe because I feel like, you know, I don't remember life without sunscreen. So it's hard to believe that they didn't have it. Like my mom didn't have sunscreen and she got sun poisoning once. And then, like, they didn't do anything. They were just like, okay, you lay over there while you, you're you sick. What? <laughs> like, Unfortunate, yeah. but that's how it was. Yeah. Yeah. So how can we – so speaking of sunscreen, so what types of sunscreen, like, how do we protect ourselves from it? That, that's a good question. And so as a dermatologist, I actually tell my patients this, too. I hate putting on sunscreen. It's necessary, but I understand why people don't use it. Because it's kind of annoying to have to put sunscreen on your face and your arms and your ears. But if we don't do it, then it's going to lead to skin cancer. And so they, you can either use clothing or you can use the sunscreen. Um, and as far as the types, the American Academy of Dermatology recommends that we have an SPF of at least 30. And you need to make sure you reapply those. There are two different types. There are chemical blockers and physical blockers. And those are just based on the components that's in the sunscreen. The zinc oxide and titanium dioxide are the, the physical blockers. They don't rub in as well, but they're safer for the environment. And, you know, they're, they're the ones you can actually use in Hawaii and, and other things because there's data suggests that maybe, maybe not the, the chemical blockers and the sunscreens can contribute to damage of that. It's like the coral reef. Yeah. Is that what you're exactly. referring to? Yeah. Whenever I've been snorkeling, they like make sure like you can't have any other sunscreen. I mean, I don't know how they know, but you have to they, like have yeah. that certain. 
Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, we want to do what's yeah. best for the environment. And so, you know, there are options. Right. It's kind of like, you know, losing paper. It's like, oh, I need this to have it written out. But at the same time, you know, since I printed out your information, I might be killing a tree. So it's like you have to gain some and lose some. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I, so I put sunscreen on in the morning every day, year round, but I'm really bad at the reapplying. Do you suggest like, every 30 minutes if or like is that like if you're outside you like and then also this might just be a thing but it's like after like three four o'clock you know the uv rays go down so does that mean i don't need sunscreen or i do need sunscreen you make great points so you, you are right like between 10 and 2 is when the sun is at its you know peak or, or worse and so that's when i would reapply you know every hour or every one to two hours is usually what we recommend on the reapplication. Even if it's after five, you know, four or five, even if you're driving home, you still get lots of rays. And even though the sun is not at its peak, I would still recommend reapplying before you, before you come home. Yeah. See, that's my problem is like, I, well, I work from home and it's like, I go on a walk after right now my face is red because I'm extremely hot from my walk. And I'm like, I probably should have put sunscreen on before I went on my walk, but I did it this morning. And I feel like that's obsolete because I did it at 7am. Right. So, and I mean, I, I don't think there's any major studies that, really clarify when we should reapply it's just sort of eh, you know it probably runs out so we should should reapply especially the other, outside and stuff exactly and the the thing that i really use and some patients and some people don't want to use is the sun protective clothing um so my wife does not like to be around me at the beach she thinks I look like a total loser. <laughs> Do you have the white nose and the hat and the like? I have the long sleeve shirt that has the, it's called a ninja suit that has like a buff yeah. in it and goes over my head. And then I have my sunglasses on and a hat. And so she's just like, I don't know this person. But you don't have the white nose? Not typically, just because I, I have the, the mask over me. So I like have a whole, oh. whole face mask. <laughs> you would have had that extra like nerd exactly. yes i would be the person out there with the white nose and i'm glad my rheumatologist doesn't know about that she probably does because she doesn't like me going in the sun at all because of my autoimmune diseases that's, so. that's a great point yes people with autoimmune diseases the sun can exacerbate those so we're gonna have to i make know and i love the beach <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll be in the shade, I guess. So you need a ninja suit. Need a ninja suit. I do need. A, I'll hang out with your wife too, then, and we both can be in our ninja suits. <laughs> um, for those, if you are interested in getting a ninja suit, so there are, there's Columbia that has them. There's this uh, big fancy place called Cooley Bar, and the quality is a little better for Cooley Bar, but. Most people don't want to pay 50 bucks or a hundred bucks for a ninja suit. So you can get them. To look crazy. Exactly. <laughs> Costco for like. Not for Shane and I. Not for Shane and I. We're caring about our skill. You're, you're smart. You're being smart. You look smart. Right. <laughs> you look smart. So what are like since working in the field or working in the clinic, as you said, like how, what's the most common you see? Is it the basal cell? Basal cell is much I mean, it's just something that, especially in this area and in the population, basal cell is, is the most common. And 
And if we catch them early, it's a very easy surgery. Typically, it's a surgery. There, if it's superficial, you can use creams or we can do other procedures. But typically, it's a little small surgery. And Well, I know you've had to remove some from my mom, and she says it's called freezing, but it like really is not freezing. It's like really burning. Right. That's exactly like, right. So we use liquid nitrogen, and it's... Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's about a negative 196 degrees Celsius, I think. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I have luckily, I do go, I have, I've only gone two years in a row, but I do go see a dermatologist. The only thing about this area is they really push Botox and like facials. Really? And Mine never does. On top Mine, of like skin. My lady's never done it. Never. She's like the old school. Like she's like, you know, some of this eye stuff doesn't work. Nothing. This is what you need to do. Do lotion, acne, this, and that's it. And a lot of sunscreen. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I will say I like the lady I went to this past time. I went to two different because I didn't really like the first one. And like I have this red mark that won't go away. It's not cancerous. I thought it was cancerous. And so the first dermatologist was like, oh, never told me what it was, but they were like, oh, you don't have cancer. So then I went the next year and I had it removed, but it's still, at least to me, it's still there. Right now my face is red and I can't see it, (laughs) but apparently it's like a lot of, um, I don't know what it's called, but a lot of kids get it when they go through trauma apparently so I don't know if I was like super upset over something and it was like the vessels burst in my face right that, that's what it sort of yeah. sounds like um and and sometimes you can do like a little laser treatment that yeah that's what they said I yeah. mean, if it didn't they did they did a thing where they like poked it right and I had two treatments of that. Not that I'm like, I'm not, you're not charging me. I should not. I'm not asking. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, that's why I'm here. We're talking about dermatology. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I had to go through a lot with his. I love how it doesn't matter. He doesn't listen to the podcast. It's okay. So tell him about his medical history. Yeah, I don't really care. Um, yeah, he had warts. I'll, uh, that would never go away on his elbows and his knees and his feet and his hands and they never went away and then they finally had to freeze them off and then they still came back and for some reason hypnosis was the only thing that actually worked (laughs) after all that freezing well words are caused by viruses right that's correct yeah 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 who the hell knows he's a dirty child it's interesting you mentioned like about wars because there's some newer data out um, as you know, the, there is the wart virus, so it's the HPV virus. And there's a ton of different HPV viruses. There's like over a hundred. And some of them contribute to cervical cancer. Some of them cause warts on the hands and feet. And some of them I are- was going to say, HPV is very common. Does, a lot of does the Gardasil shot cover all of those? That's a great or does it? There's a new non-valent one that covers nine different viruses. Most of them are the ones that contribute to genital warts or cervical cancer, but there's some crossover. Uh-huh. So for my patients, if they're like covered in warts, I usually recommend if they're, you know, I think it's above eight, they can get it um, to get the vaccine because they need it anyway to protect them from different types of cancers. So that's very interesting because I had warts when I was younger and I had when I was 15, that's when the Gardasil shot came out. And so I and I got that and then I've never really had any warts since then. There you go. Maybe there's some. I never had a because I used they I used to get them on my fingers <laughs> like I and I would do like the, my mom would put like the Doctor Scholl stuff and then they would get super gross. But oh, yeah, I would have I only 
it would get one or two. Yeah, I just thought I like grew out of it, but that's very interesting. So maybe it was the vaccine. Sure, it could have. You know, it could have been, and you can't sort of grow out of it. And what happens is that the wart sort of hides from your immune system. I was gonna say, doesn't it suppress itself? And that's what a lot of the time, um, because I had uh, shingles, and yeah. so and like a lot of those things start to suppress and then could come back, right? Exactly. That's sort of how warts work too, and. Maybe it's just your body recognize it, but it's probably the the vaccine may have boosted a little bit. So that, that's just an option. It's not something you have to have, right? But something that that could could help. Yeah, I know we're off the subject of skin cancer, and that's what we were talking about. We have gotten to talking about words. So anyway, we are pretty much at time. So then we can do like your closing. I know you have like your closing remarks, and if that's what you want to do for your uh, five minutes, Rachel will ask you like what you would like to tell people and then you can answer. Sure. I mean, that, that will work. Or, I mean, if y'all have anything else you want to talk about or add, I'm, I'm happy to, right. I mean, I don't want to take up any more of your I, either, but. Oh, no, I, I know where we talk about warts, to be honest, but whatever. We are talking about skincare and cancer. Well, yeah. So. I mean, is there anything like outside of skin cancer that people come in for that is like something maybe not the normal public would know that they need to get checked on their skin, like skin tags and what, and things like that. Yeah, I mean, skin cancer is probably the most common thing. I mean, we see lots of different rashes and things like that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, patients with psoriasis need to be screened for psoriasis in their joints or arthritis. And so those are things that sometimes when they come in, they, you know, they're, they're unaware of it. Sometimes some of the people are aware of it, but if if we catch it early, it doesn't destroy the joints. So psoriasis on the skin is very annoying, but it's not going to hurt you. But psoriasis yeah. inside your joints and the inflammation in your joints can completely destroy your joints. And so, so how do you know when to come in? Like as soon as you see that you have psoriasis on your skin, you should get it checked. Yeah, and there there are different medicines we use for the skin, and some of them cross over that work for the skin and the joints. And if you're having stiffness in the morning, um, typically if it's like more than 30 minutes, so you wake up, even if you're 25, you wake up and you're really stiff in the morning. It's like, my, 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 I can't really get going. I mean, I have to like exercise my hands before they get going. Or you notice that your digits are swelling, especially the ones on the very tip. Those are the more commonly affected ones compared to rheumatoid arthritis, which is which are, you know, the ones more proximal. So that's just something that, I see several patients probably every month that have very bad psoriatic arthritis that aren't diagnosed. And it's important that if we get them diagnosed and treated, then they can keep their joints and keep their function. Also, what made you come back to Madison to practice? Well, the two, having a uh, newborn in an area where we have zero family is very difficult. <laughs> I mean, I had, I had co-residents and, you know, I had lots of friends, but we needed some support. (laughs) And so that's really why I chose to come back. And, you know, the people were nice in Charleston, South Carolina, but there's really no place like home. I like the people in Madison. I like taking care of the people in Madison. And that's that's the reason why. It's your home. That's really it. And you, were you the first dermatologist there? Did they, is, are you the first one? I am, yeah. That's really awesome. So did you bring the program there or were they already going to have it? 
no, I, I think I sort of I brought brought everything there. Um, there's some, you know, that's really awesome. Yeah, there's some dermatologists in so Charleston, cool. but there's still. Yeah, that's really. I mean, I know my parents go to you, and I think it makes it a lot easier than driving all the way to Charleston. Uh, there are lots of people, you know, especially the older patients, they don't want to drive to Charleston to to get their skincare or to see any <laughs> to do anything. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, why would you want to just go down the street? Right. Yeah. Well, I know whenever I lived in West Virginia and I wanted to go to like my mom's dermatologist in Charleston, there was like a six month waiting period. And then I never made an appointment because I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to live here in six months. And then I did live there after six months. And I was like, I should have made the appointment. Right. And that's, that's the problem. I mean, we're, we're still in need in terms of the number of dermatologists right now. I mean, I'm booking out like a, a few months. And, it, you know, if someone has a rash that's really bothering them or if they have a spot they're really concerned about, I work them in. I, I don't say, oh, you know, wait like three months because right. it's out with the melanomas. I mean, they can be deadly in three months. Yeah. Right. Well, my dad had um, uh, sepsis of MRSA, so he had all the MRSA right there on his hands and his knee and right. his foot. And so, yeah, if you wait, like with any rash, as you said, you could end up unfortunately dead and so it's, exactly it's right. good yeah it's great that you fit them in it just shows that you're yeah. compassionate and caring too so yeah i think it's a great i think it's great that you came back to madison and um to take care yeah. of the community yeah. and gave them something that wasn't there i'm i'm glad yeah. to be back. and i, I <laughs> you know i'm i'm glad to have the opportunity to take care of them um, they like I said, it's home and the people are nice and I, I am, my, my wife and I are both very happy to be back in Madison. Plus yeah. you have family I, to help with the two-year-olds. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could ever be back, so I'm happy that you're happy to be back because I know my dad is a Boone County or die person, right. so I feel like it, it, you're either, you're, you're there forever and you are, you know, it's like going strong or... I think I have like my mom in me because she's not from there. So she's like, if, if my dad dies before her, she's moving here. She already <laughs> has like her plan to move here. <laughs> but we don't talk about it because we don't want my dad to die before her or anything, you know, but right. that is her plan. Right. <laughs> she lets him know. <laughs> she we talked about it today. No. Well, we talked about it today. I don't <laughs> talk about this. We're very messed up today. Yeah. I mean, you know, women do outlive men, so it's good to play no, it. It's not that she's wanting him to die. This is like a 15 year, 20 year, maybe 30 year plan. Right. I think anyway. it's going to be a little longer than that, but okay. I, I hope so. I mean, my dad, well, 30 years, my dad would be 95. I don't know. My mom says she's going to live until 110 just so she can bother us. So here we are. Well, there you go. Hannah, guess what I'm wearing? I don't know, Rachel. Our t-shirt? Yes. I think everyone should go buy one right now. They can even receive 15% off by using our listener code telling people found in our episode notes. Order your t-shirt now by going to our website, www.whatidliketotellpeople.com. And if they've already bought one of our shirts, they should go post a picture and hashtag what I'd like to tell people.
Shane, what would you like to tell people? If you have a area that is concerning you, you should make an appointment today to see a dermatologist. So if these skin cancers, as we've talked about, there are three main types. If they're caught early, they're very easy to take care of. And who I recommend you seeing is a trained professional, and that would be a board-certified dermatologist. And if you go to their websites or wherever you um, look for their appointment, just make sure they're a board-certified dermatologist. And there are many influencers and many other providers who are claiming to be skin doctors, but really they don't have the education that, even though they may be very good at what they do, they don't have the education that a board-certified dermatologist would have. I learned many things in medical school about heart medications and antiarrhythmics and everything to take care of your heart, but you wouldn't want me managing your blood pressure or heart medicine as a dermatologist, right? And so it's the same thing for the skin. The skin is, is maybe not as important as the heart, but it still is important to get evaluated by a trained professional. And so the American Academy of Dermatology they, this is the AAD, they actually have a list like a registry. And so you can see if you're going to, you know, if you have an appointment with someone, if they are a board certified dermatologist. Um, either way, you know, if they're, if they're not board certified, you should still be seen by someone. So maybe you can't get in. Um, you still need to see someone and get the area taken care of. So one thing, speaking of making sure it's a board certified certified person there is I just heard an ad on a podcast and I felt like this was not what you should do they have this new app where you can get connected to like dermatologists or maybe even just like skincare people and then you can have a consultation through the app but I'm like I don't know if that because I feel like you have to look with the microscope or like the magnifying glass like I don't know if looking through an app's like the best route to go that's a good point. And so they, they tried this with the primary care physicians and, you know, the primary care physicians, they are great. But what the study was, they had the PCPs take a picture under the microscope and send it to the dermatologist. And so while that one may be fine, what about the other 20 that they had? You know, where they all examine like you should have examined from a dermatologist. And so there's sort of where that limitation is. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. And if other people have heard that too, to just make sure that you actually go in person, I feel like and get examined is the best. Exactly. So if, if it's a rash, then it can be treated or like acne, it can probably be treated telederm. But if it's a spot, there is no way, regardless of how benign it looks, I'm not telling the patient, oh, it's fine. No big deal. You can make your appointment in like a year. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it should be evaluated in person. Yeah, as I'll say, whenever I've gone, you know, they have like the magnifying thing and they're like yeah. looking at all my like thousands of moles and, and everything. They need to be yeah. examined thoroughly. And touched. And I feel like a lot of times touch will help you, right? Like if it yeah. changes and, and you sure. can't really do that outside of being in person. Right. I mean, that's the, some of the, you know, those are some of the main limitations. Maybe in the future we'll have something where we can do that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so I work for a healthcare IT company and a lot of times they research on how to do like better telehealth 
things and like you know they have all the blood pressure things that can connect to like an iphone and you know different things that you can look in and test your eyes but i feel like they're still i feel like you'd have to be in a body scan maybe and that's the and everybody has some (laughs) sort of like lasers at their house and that's how which maybe you know somebody will be listening to this 30 years from now and they'll be like yeah, that's normal. Why is she acting like that's crazy? <laughs> oh, no, blazers coming at me does not sound cool. <laughs> but I just imagine it's like you don't see the lasers. It's like when you're at the airport and they're like, hold your hands up and it just like circles. That's what, and they have those body scanners, I feel like already. I just like that my dad has so much metal in his body because of all his surgeries that it goes off every time. <laughs> it's great to watch them. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, she cracks. <laughs> what you were talking about the metal detectors, and I was like, yeah, oh, no. it's definitely relevant. It is, see, <laughs> yeah, and the body scanners. So maybe your dad can't do one of those because he'll be like, the metal will be too much for him. <laughs> He'd be too powerful for it. <laughs> yeah. If it's magnetic. Like. <laughs> He's like an X-Man now. <laughs> okay, anyways. Well, thank you so much, Shane, for coming on. I really, I know you were, I messaged Emily and you were in bed already at nine o'clock. And so I know it's getting close to your bedtime <laughs> now. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's I'm trying to get on a better routine. So I, I've been get, going to bed at nine and getting up at five. And so I'm trying wow. to start early. But then uh, the, when I get off work, it's, you know, I just get to spend time with my family. And so the my like other work time besides actually seeing patients is like from five to you know, whenever we start. So that, that's the reason why. Traditionally, yeah. I like stayed up till, you know, 12 or one and then got up for work. So. Yeah, that's what time I go to bed. I go to bed at like one o'clock and I try to wake up at like seven and it leans to like 740 before I can actually get out of bed. And right. then I do need to do better. I do, but I just can't. I'm a night person. I just. I understand. I, I read a few books. There was one called The Perfect Week Formula and The Perfect Day Formula. And so I like try to really what he recommends is you get up 15 minutes earlier to do like other work. But I kind mm-hmm. of think extreme. I'm like, ah, eh, I'll just get up at five. And we'll just get going. <laughs> so, How long have you been doing this for? Since uh, November. So we're on a pretty good Oh, day. wow. Yeah. Yeah. I look at Shonda the same way my friend. She um, wakes up right at 4 a.m. And then she'll really? actually get started at work at 4.30 a.m. Then she has four children. And then she gets them going at seven or eight and then has them with homeschooling and still is working it's the marines in her she used to be a marine that is amazing that's like i was like i can't do that good night (laughs) yeah i can't function it's really hard for me to function before the clock says 9 a.m that's like me that's like me i turn off the alarm every minute mm -mm. Yeah, I need to read that. Well, but thank you so much for joining. It was really, you know, fun and interesting to hear about skin cancer. I know that's probably a weird sentence to say, have that all. But I do think it's really important for people to hear. And I don't think people uh, take care, especially younger people. I think they think it's more of an older person's problem and not really a younger person's problem. Well, thank you. 
Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hannah, what did you think about this episode? Well, once again, I'm partial because it is a West Virginia Boone County native. So I love when we have someone from my homeland on to talk about things. But I think, you know, Shane did a really good job at explaining the different types of cancers and why you should go and get it checked. And even, you know, if you don't think anything's wrong, like what you you should do. And I and I hope that we help other people and I hope they are as soon as they finish listening, they pick up the phone and call a dermatologist because I I don't think that's on our list, you know, of calling, you know, a lot of people don't even go to their primary care doctors regularly or the dentist, but I feel like you should, you know, dentist every six months, primary care every year at least, and then also add dermatology and insurance, at least my insurance, hopefully others you know, they do cover those type of doctors for those routine checkups. So hopefully you have insurance. If not, right now it's still open enrollment. Just putting it out there so you can go on healthcare.gov and get a plan for you. But yeah, so I, I really, I, you know, truly enjoyed it. What did you think about this episode? I really enjoyed it too, because you summed up what I was about to say is that we do take dermatology and a lot of those types of doctors for granted. And that's where, unfortunately, the problem then lies later on in life, because you could have say prevented this in the beginning if you went say every six months or at least if you really don't want to go like once a year but I do believe like if you wait too long you never know what's going to happen and then it could be too late for you so I feel like if you get your regular checkup with your dermatologist and also wear sunscreen that's it wear sunscreen it protects your skin keeps you looking young until your 80s and they're going to think you're in your 50s like it's it, you need to do that for yourself and even for your family, too, because they don't want to see you sick when you're older. And I it really resonated with me, his grandfather, unfortunately, dying of skin cancer because, yes, my grandmother died of brain cancer. But the thing is, if she, with her lung cancer and other things, got checked more often, especially because my grandparents didn't, who knows what could have happened and what could have changed. And also, they were in the sun too much, too, so I wish they were suntan lotion more. But I honestly do believe, like, just going to the doctor, even if it's boring, do it. Read a book. It's going to save your life in the end. You never know. So I yeah. think he's awesome. Yeah, I, I, you know, completely agree. So next week, we have another West Virginia native coming on. So as people know, there is a lot of people will say West Virginia WV will be on the show next week. Um, and it's a really interesting story, you know, listening about how they got started and everything. And I'm just excited for another West Virginia, you know, company to come on and we can support and then one thing I do want to mention is, you know, it is Skin Cancer Awareness Month. It is Lupus Awareness Month, Bichette's Awareness Month. And then it's um, also Mental Health Awareness Month. And we want to, you know, remember that and make sure that you're taking care of one another. And then also it is Asian American Pacific Islander 
Heritage Month. And we've added resources on the website for all of these things. And I just, I do think mental health, though, is one thing. We've done uh, some shows on this before. Yep, and I'll uh, post some more this week and this month about our episodes about that. Because mental health is here. It's invisible, but it's here, so. Right, and I know it's still, it's still, we're still, you know, experiencing COVID-19. It's not over, and I think that we're having a lot of impacts from that, and I think that we, we tend to kind of forget. So we hope you tune in next week and listen to three up, two up, and also just take care of yourself. What I'd like to tell people is an independent podcast recorded and edited by us, Rachel and Hannah. Our theme song is written and recorded by Sean Price. Please like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can receive the latest episode. Also, rate and review our episodes so we can receive more listeners. Go to our website www.whatidliketotellpeople.com. Find the link and more information in the episode notes. Until next week. And this was What I'd Like to Tell.